Hey, this is Dr. Shervin. Muskoka Magazine is brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental. Keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Please visit DairyLaneDental.com. Hey there, thanks for joining me. I'm Jenny Cressman and this is a little chat show called Everything Bagels. This show isn't about bagels, of course. It's about anything and everything. It's just me having conversations with interesting people who are doing interesting things. One day, maybe I will interview someone who makes bagels. Who knows? Maybe I'll interview Jesse Cook about the show's theme music, Bogota by Bus. Maybe this time I'll win the lottery and be able to... uh, Well, maybe I'll just get started with the show now. I have in the studio with me today, Camille Lapointe, sometimes known as Cam. Hello. Hi, how you doing? Now, full disclaimer, I know him through my other job. Um, not that I'm paid to be on air here, but I do actually make a little bit of money working for Algonquin Outfitters. And I met Camille because he has started guiding for us. How many years have you been a guide there? Uh, this will be my second year. Uh-huh. Uh, if Officially, but I've really been sort of guiding friends and family for the past 15, 20 years. So it's just an evolution of of what I enjoy doing. Well, how did you get into it in the first place? Well, oddly enough, I was a little little bit of a late bloomer. I started Mm -hmm. whenever I was uh, late 20s. And it just so happened that I had some friends of mine that were, quote unquote, weekend warriors. And they would Mm -hmm. go out once a year. Uh, We would do everything wrong uh <laughs> from carrying the boats to paddling we were just we were the city that were getting on grand lake with too much in our boat okay we well, you at least weren't sitting facing each other when you paddled right no but we did <laughs> we did get in the boat once uh up at cedar uh in front of a gentleman named jake ah. who uh had a good chuckle we went out on some pretty choppy water and discovered about 20 paddle strokes in that we were sitting backwards. Oops. So it was, it was quite the ride. And at the time I wasn't a stern paddler at all. I always paddled bow. Uh-huh. Uh, and we had to literally turn around and I was paddling stern for the first time <laughs> on water that is not really amenable to that kind of thing. But it was, well, it was everything is a learning experience. Sure. Uh, and knowing Jake, who is a legend at yes. the Brent Outpost, I'm sure he uh, has seen worse than that. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's, uh, you know, throughout the years, I've gotten to know him uh, well enough that the, the conversations sort of flow. And uh, he's told me some stories that are just, uh, it, it's, they're hilarious. They're great. So, yeah. <laughs> and so where do you like to trip the best, Algonquin or other places? Uh, I don't have a lot of experience Elsewhere, mm-hmm. uh, I'm from originally from Cornwall, Ontario, and we have a couple of local uh, smaller parks, Frontenac and Murphy's and that kind of stuff. Uh, I have done some tripping up in uh, Tomogamy, which mm-hmm. love. Uh, it's a little bit wilder than Algonquin, just in the sense that uh, you're not going to get the uh, uh, all the markings that you'll get here. Right. But for overall, I think that Algonquin is my favorite place. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's once you get in uh, to the true interior, mm-hmm. uh, 
lakes that are sort of not as accessible. Yes. I think are the best ones because it takes you more time and it takes you more effort. Mm-hmm. You appreciate it a little bit more. Well, and, and in my role as a reservationist at Algonquin Outfitters, people do often ask, is there a trip that I can take that will get me away from the crowds, away from people? Yeah. Say, so, yeah, there there are several options for that, but you're going to have to do the work. Exactly. <laughs> because it is more work with the portaging, especially. Yeah. So when you're guiding, do you end up carrying the canoes all the time or do sometimes the clients help? You know what? We always started off and I'll carry the canoes and I'll also paddle stern mm-hmm. in the back of the boat as opposed yes. to the front of the boat. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'll carry it first. And, and usually by the end of the trip, uh, there'll be at least one or two of the uh, the people that I'm guiding that will say, hey, I'd like to try that. Okay. And I'm all for it as long yeah. as we're doing it safely. Yeah. Uh, I don't have anyone like to lift the canoe as a soloist or just as an individual with the sort of throwing it over your shoulders. Yeah. I always tell the, the clients that that's not a good idea. That's going to throw your back out unless you're used to doing it. Yeah. Uh, because... It's, yeah, it's and more you of learn a, the technique. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I, and it's not something that can be learned yeah. in a day. So we basically, you know, I guess TP the canoe, mm-hmm. uh, lift it up, and they sort of walk under. And yeah, so one their, person is holding up the front, the bow, yeah. and the other person gets the the yoke settled on their shoulders right. properly, and then it's they're quite well balanced. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They're yeah. Uh, you know uh, my favorite boat uh, is a sixteen foot prospector. Yeah. Uh, and I think that you really can't do any wrong with those. And they're just so in the air or in the water. They're just, the, to me, the, the perfect. Yeah. Uh, well, they're modeled after the classic design for the prospector right. that would have originally been done in Cedar Strip, probably. Mm-hmm. And that's what Bill Mason paddled. Iconic paddler of <laughs> Canada. Yeah. I learned, I learned, a, I think, a technique that I don't know if everybody uses for um, throwing a canoe up solo from when I grew up on a farm and I had to pitch bales. And so I didn't have the upper body strength that my brothers did. So I would use my knee and I would just boof it with my knee to give it a little hoist. And I do that with the canoe too. And it works like a dream and you're less likely to throw your back out. (laughs) Just another little tip, (laughs) but people can double carry too. And that's what I tell people on the phone. Uh, my only problem, like I, I started double uh, double carrying the canoes, uh, which is two people carrying one canoe, right? Just so we don't slip into the lingo. Yes. <laughs> uh, what I find with doubling the canoe, it it leads to somewhat of arguments at times. Oh, because you always have you're pulling, you're pushing, uh, and people aren't gonna, you. You're obviously not going to walk at the same gait, yeah. depending on where you are what you have underfoot, you know, mm-hmm. if somebody's climbing mm-hmm. over a, bo- uh, a rock or something, it's different in the it back. It is awkward. Yeah. 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 So it's not something that I prefer. And it's not even whenever I'm taking clients out uh, and they're not comfortable carrying the canoe, mm-hmm. I could always go back and get it. I don't have a problem yeah. with that. You know, yeah. uh, I'm, what I'm doing as a guide is not just guiding. I'm also entertaining and I want uh. everybody to have, pleasurable experience. Uh, and if that means that I have to put a little bit more oomph into my step, so be it. Well, and you're also educating. So you're teaching them about how to carry canoe, yeah. but you're teaching them about other things too. What are some of the things that you like instructing people about? Um, 
I'm just to be straight. I don't consider myself a professional in any sense. Okay. For the reason being, if I was a professional, then it would be a job and it wouldn't be as fun. <laughs> so I'm very proud to say that I don't have my PGA card in any of these aspects, <laughs> but I really have a love for the outdoors. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have taken some courses uh, with uh, Judy Kirkwood mm, of mm-hmm. Kirkwood Canoes and yes. she's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and learned a lot from her. Mm-hmm. Uh, still, I think I want to further my education in mm-hmm. that sense, mm-hmm. uh, take some more courses. Uh, but whenever I get people out there, I just, I want them to appreciate where we are and, you know, just stopping in the middle of a trail and taking, you know, a couple of minutes, as long as the bugs aren't driving mm-hmm. you mad, yeah. uh, just to sort of stand there and let it, let yourself be absorbed by what's around you. Yeah. Uh, Be absorbed and absorb it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, so do you find people that um, come from outside of Canada are more inclined to be in awe? um, I think that anybody that hasn't been in the park, no matter if they're Canadian or not, Uh uh, is in awe of what we have here. Yeah. These surroundings are something that it's, uh, it can be just so beautiful, uh, that they just, uh, they get out there and, and especially once you do get to like, if you get a lake of your own or a site that's far away enough from everybody else. And that happens quite often in Algonquin where you could paddle up to a site and not see anybody in your surroundings and you feel like, you're the only one there. Mm-hmm. That's an awesome feeling. Yeah. You know, as opposed to everybody that's car camped or whatever, and I'm not knocking car camping. No. I love doing that. But whenever you could sort of reach over and touch your neighbors. Yeah. You hear the yeah. next door people snoring or something. Exactly. <laughs> uh, with this, uh, I think solitude, even if you're in a group, mm-hmm. uh, is a big thing. And that's. Yeah. Solitude is wonderful, but I wonder also about the fear factor. Do you have people who are afraid to be a, in effect alone in the woods? I, what I've learned just recently mm-hmm. uh, is that you take the precautions. Mm-hmm. I've always taken the precautions, i.e. hanging uh, the food barrel or the food bag. I'm a little bit neurotic with that. Mm-hmm. Most uh, friends of mine that are trippers or guides uh, are a little bit more laxed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always present it saying the only reason why we're doing this is so we could sleep well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I could, uh, I've got a couple of different uh, ways of hanging a, a food barrel. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them is extremely extensive and it's, you know, across two trees and <laughs> a line in between, but that's going to take you, it could take you up to like uh, an hour to set that up. So I've reduced and it just goes over one limb and, but I use a, a carabiner system yep. that once I've lifted it to my satisfaction, instead of having it hang next to the tree, yeah. I pull away Okay. and I still get, if it's a good uh, bear hanging, it works out fantastic. So Okay. Yeah. So we'll leave everybody hanging there for a couple <laughs> minutes while we have a commercial break and we'll be right back with everything bagels and my guest today, Camille Lapointe. 
I'm Dr. Shervin from Dairy Lane Dental, and you're listening to Muskoka Magazine. Welcome back to Everything Bagels with Jenny Cressman and my guest, Camille Lapointe. So we left you hanging a little bit ago when we were talking about bear ropes or bear hanging the food so bears don't get into it, but also raccoons. I think, um, you know, people talk about bear barrels. It's like, well, it can be a barrel that would keep bears out or become a toy for the bear. They can actually get into those barrels, despite how difficult it may be. They're pretty darn strong. But raccoons and squirrels and mice, it's really important to keep them out of your food, too. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, Chipmunks are probably the worst for that. Uh, I've had many a collapsible bowl that was gnawed through uh, just as a pinhole yeah. in eating my breakfast and having it pour out the bottom of my my bowl because <laughs> a, a wonderful chipmunk decided that he was hungry for some, you know, silicone or <laughs> Whatever was yeah. smelling yeah. good in that bowl. Yeah, so food um, is, is a big issue in the park, and that's one of the heaviest things you have to carry, I guess. Yeah, and, you know, if you want to stay nourished and you want to stay uh, uh, agile and functional... Uh, and as far as the guiding is concerned, it's always, uh, I think that AO sort of prides itself on fresh food and stuff that's really impressive. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I think that a lot of the time uh, the clients get out there and they're like, we don't eat this well at home. <laughs> uh, or have someone cooking for them. Do you do all the cooking or do I, they cook too? I generally do most of the cooking. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, uh, we sort of got a... Not a set menu, but it, mm-hmm. it normally starts off with if uh, they aren't vegetarian, we'll have steaks on the first night. Yeah. Uh, and along with that, we'll have like a, a mixed vegetable that will be fried up or mm-hmm. done in tinfoil. Mm-hmm. I prefer frying it up just yeah. because less garbage, less waste. Yeah. So what I'll do, I'll, I'll give the opportunity to the, the clients saying, okay, we're going to set a fire. We'll get it ready. We'll, pour, we'll pull the embers back over so we're not cooking these steaks into hockey pucks mm-hmm. uh and i'll offer them to be the the grill master and i'll take care of the vegetables and you know prep time and whatnot is fine but when we're uh uh when it's when i'm actually cooking timing is always a uh an issue mm-hmm. and if you get someone mm-hmm. to just sort of lend a hand a little bit yeah uh and really, again, uh, it's up to the clients. Yeah. Some clients come in and they want you to do everything and anything, mm. and that's fine. Okay. Uh, others, uh, I had an experience last year where there was a, a gentleman and he wanted to do, he wanted me to sit back and enjoy it. And he wanted to do everything, but he wanted uh. me to to teach him. Uh. And this was a, a, a university professor from... Uh, somewhere in Europe, I can't even remember now, but he was just, all that he wanted to do was learn. And it Hmm. was really a a lot of fun with that as well. Yeah. And I think that whenever you do bring someone into the backcountry to teach them how to do it properly, you know, don't go and do your dishes down at the water's edge. Don't be burning everything and anything. Yeah. Uh, Have the respect for the the, the wilderness and your camping area. And if you can, you know, leave, leave some firewood behind. Yeah. You know, if you're going to cut it up, cut it up, leave a little stack. 
And, and of course, you you need to explain about the firewood. It's not that you're chopping down trees. No, 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 no. no. Everything is deadfall. Everything, you know, and a live tree isn't going to burn properly anyway. Yeah. And it's just, it, it defeats the purpose. Yeah. Because if everybody's going to go down and go into a campsite and just start, you know, foresting, yeah. you're not going to have a campsite anymore. You're just no, going to have bare no. land. So. And that's why there are very strict regulations about what you can and cannot do in Algonquin Indeed. Park. Like yeah. not taking cans and bottles because that often ends up being garbage. And Right. Yeah. And so that. That's whenever you're going <laughs> to get in trouble with. Uh, the, the larger furrier creatures. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, there's so many nuances to guiding, but there's other aspects of being in Algonquin Park that uh, I think you've embraced quite fully. And one of those is the Minas Link Project. Can you talk a little bit about that and why you got into it? Why did I get into it and what <laughs> it is? Well, the Minas Link is essentially something uh, that uh, Mimi, <laughs> uh, uh, Bill Swift Sr., who uh, it, it's sort of an honor of him. Mm-hmm. And they developed this, from what I understand, was to get the employees out paddling and enjoying uh, this area so they would be more knowledgeable whenever people would come yes. in. For either outfitting rentals or, you know, just general, you know, somebody walks in the front door. You. It was started actually by my husband, Gord Baker, yeah. and by Alex Hurley, yes. who is the son of a former owner and canoe builder, Jack Hurley. Yes. So he had worked for AO, Algonquin Outfitters, for a long time. And they put their heads together to right. what you said is and encourage the staff to go out and right. take trips. And with the help of uh, Craig McDonald, who cut a lot or recut a lot of the uh, the portages on the exterior of the park. Yeah. Uh, along the ox tongue and, you know, other he, yeah, little he's, places. Yeah, he's done a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. I, so the meanest link is linking... The Algonquin Outfitters yeah. stores. The four stores. The meanest. Yeah. Me, yeah. yeah. Meanest is mean dude. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, I first heard about it, uh, I think, on a... A radio show. Okay. <laughs> Go figure. I'm not unlike this one. Uh, and it, for the first couple of years, I think we heard about it in 2014. Mm. And we, myself and my paddling partner, we both said, like, nobody's ever going to do that. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, and then in 2017, uh, Christine and myself decided, okay, we're going to try this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just... Uh, we had just bought a brand new boat mm-hmm. we were very proud of, and it was much lighter because we were getting a little bit older. We have a, a fiberglass boat, but 75 pounds Oof. is a little bit heavy, yes. uh, especially after I've patched it so many times, it's probably <laughs> closer to 80. Uh, so we took off in 2017. Mm-hmm. We did all of our research, and that's part of the fun as well, is to really get in depth with certain river systems mm-hmm. that are not necessarily marked. Uh, yeah. But we took off and the water levels were at uh, an epic height. Everything was underwater. Yeah. Uh, and we did our first day from Oxtongue Lake mm-hmm. to uh, Huntsville. Mm-hmm. That was fine. We were the first people to ever stay in a hotel room on the lake. There's all these, <laughs> these little quirks and quirks. Uh, but we then made it up to uh, the Big East. And the Big East is normally, uh, especially going up the Big East, which is the traditional, per se, uh, route to take. 
That's mm-hmm. the, the, the sense that everybody goes. We got to the Williamsport Bridge, and instead of seeing uh, a swift moving current, it was more like Niagara Falls. Oh, my goodness. And got on the phone because there was still a little bit of cell service. And I asked Gord, I, I said, like, this is not <laughs> possible. You know, you can't do this. And his reply was, there's no shame in saying you can't. <laughs> and I balked a little bit and I said, okay, hung up and we devised the plan. Uh, met some really great people along the line, uh, including uh, who we dubbed the river goddess. I'll leave the name <laughs> out of it and her establishment, but we've become really good friends with someone along the big East and she's helped us out countless times. Nice. Uh, and that initial encounter was putting the boat on top of the roof and uh, essentially driving us into uh, Kearney mm-hmm. uh, where we met up with a wonderful ranger by the name of Dan Wilmore. Mm-hmm. And whenever I'm walking uh, boardwalks and I see the chainsaw mark of DW, I always know it's him and I'm really appreciative <laughs> of it. Uh, and he got us all the way into Tim Lake where we popped back onto the link Mm-hmm. And we completed it. And, you know, we came back in September because mm-hmm. we wanted to close it off. And so we did. And we, I thought at that point, okay, that's it. That's great. I've done it. It's done. Yeah. And then along came uh, COVID, mm. uh, which I don't like talking about. That's one of the I, I, guiding. I have three things. I don't want to talk COVID. I don't want to talk religion. And I don't want to talk politics. <laughs> Good rules. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, if you're on a long enough uh, guiding trip, all three of those conversations come up Yikes. constantly. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, so in 2020, mm-hmm. uh, well, 2019, I bought my first uh, solo boat. And uh, 2020 comes around and I decide I'm going to do the link again. It goes splendidly. And there is really something to be said about solo tripping that is just... A whole different level. So there are different um, parts of the link, though. You talk about the link, but it's actually a, a series of links, right? To link all the stores. Right. So which ones have you done? All, all of them? The total loop? The total loop. The total I've, loop. I've done the total loop seven times. Seven times. Seven Holy times. moly. <laughs> well, you are a rock star in the canoe world, I think. <laughs> I just have the time yeah. and the, the, the passion to get out there uh, and just enjoy it. I think that going back to Jake uh, on about my third time, uh, he was saying, I, I, I asked him, I said, you know, why am I doing this? And he says, you know, every time you do it, you're going to see something different and better. And that's the truth. And that's the truth we're going to end the show with. Thank <laughs> you very much for being my guest today. I think bagels Camille LaPointe. It was my pleasure. Okay. Bye for now. Thanks for tuning in to Everything Bagels, a show about anything and everything, airing every other Sunday on 887 The Bay. If you miss the show, don't worry. You can find podcasts of all my interviews on two websites, huntersbayradio.com and muskokaunlimited.com. I post links to the shows on Facebook, as well as photos of my guests. Look for the author, Jenny Cressman Page, and follow me around. I'll try to keep you entertained. Everything Bagels with me, Jenny Cressman. We'll be back again in two weeks. Thanks for listening. Enjoy life.
Enjoy bagels. Enjoy everything you can. Hasta luego.